Welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life and in your organization, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm Megan Leatherman, a career coach, mother, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. Hi, friends. It is so lovely to be back with you. It's been a minute since I had a a new episode out, and um, I'm just loving this deep autumn season, and I'm excited to share some thoughts with you today about how to open up some more space for that deeper part of you that is beyond your resume and job description, beyond um, you know your place on the corporate ladder, <laughs> um, and that it exists, you know, outside of um, time and language and knowing. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to share this with you. Um, like I said, it's been a little bit since I've been able to put out an episode, and that is because a lot of my creative energy has been going into some really wonderful client work, but also into Cedar Lodge, uh, which I'll tell you about in a minute. But in this work, I've been hearing a lot from people about how they feel like there's just not enough time or space to make the changes that they sense are necessary. And the autumn season is such an incredible window for us to learn about change and how to make room for it, how to accept it, how to, you know, foster it and surrender to it, really. And I know that it is hard at times not to be overwhelmed right now. Uh, We are in, you know, in the United States, we're in the um, early stages of a presidential election that feels scary and with a lot of unknowns for many of us. And, you know, even after election day, there's still many unknowns. And we are, you know, in all of this in the midst of a global pandemic still. And uh, yeah, it's, there's no, um, I'm not here to tell you that you shouldn't feel (laughs) overwhelmed or like your feelings that there's not a lot of time or space to tap into what it is you're here to do on this planet. I'm not going to pretend like that's an easy thing to do, but I do want to offer some hope and some insights from the natural world that I think will support you today. So I hope this feels really encouraging and recentering even with with everything that's going on. Like I said, I've been busy enjoying and fostering and stewarding this new community of Cedar Lodge. This is a free, incredible group of people who have come together to really do their best work and to answer the call of these times um, and the call of their spirits in in the way that it wants to take form through their careers. Uh, If you aren't a member already, This is, uh, again, it's a free resource for you. There's uh, community building activities every day of the week between um, a new course module. The current course is always free to members. Um, We have, you know, discussion questions happening. People are sharing resources. We have a live community check-in call every Thursday. Uh, It's just a really vibrant lovely ecosystem that's forming. So the new course for Scorpio season is called Give Yourself a Chance, Transform Self-Doubt in Your Career. And that is, uh, like I said, free to members. It will come out every Monday. There's going to be four modules exploring this topic. And uh, I'll be talking about this topic a little bit today as well. But 
If you aren't a member and you would like to join us, you are so welcome. You can go to awildnewwork.com and find out information, or you can add the Mighty Networks app onto your phone and just search for Cedar Lodge. Uh, the other thing that is taking a lot of my time and focus is uh, my nature-based coaching clients, which has been so lovely. I have such wonderful people in my world right now, and a few of them are wrapping up their process. So I have space for some new clients this fall. And this is an in-depth process really for anyone who senses that there is a meaningful change necessary in their careers or that there is they are being invited into a meaningful change, but they're not sure what that is or even where to start. Um, I would love to chat with you if that resonates or that feels like where you are and you have resonated with me in this work. And you can learn more about that by going to awildnewwork.com slash coaching um, and set up a 30-minute chat and we can dive into that more. Why don't we start with our opening invocation and then I'll dive into the content for this week. So wherever you are, you can sort of settle in, see if you can get heavier in your body, in your seat. May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible and I am grateful to the Cowlitz and Clackamas tribes who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. So here we are as I'm recording this, we are in the middle of the autumn season, which is really the beginning of the end, right? In terms of the growth cycle and seasonal cycle of the year. We are still in the midst of these vibrant colors, the changing leaves, you know, the days are getting shorter, the nights are getting longer, the temperatures here, at least in the Pacific Northwest, have really dipped. We're really in the final preparation stage ahead of winter. Starchy vegetables are there for the picking, the squash, the pumpkins, um, you know, the rest of the, uh, you know, fruits and other vegetables of the summer have passed. We're really kind of stocking up, checking in, getting settled for the darkness and the cold that is coming. And, you know, throughout the year, we move through these cycles of life, death, and rebirth. And here we are really in the process of death. We're in the dying stage, which is a necessary, beautiful, natural part of any cycle of growth and in any cycle um, that we see in the natural world, of course. And, as you know, probably, I like to look at the astrological archetypes as a way to learn more about what's happening in the natural world and, and the kind of the invitations of these times. So the sun was previously in Libra at the start of autumn, which corresponds to the justice archetype in the tarot. And now the sun has moved into the sign of Scorpio, which in the tarot corresponds to the death card. So between Scorpio and the death card, we can pull out a few important themes. This is really about shedding layers of our ego in order to make more space for the soul's wisdom. The soul, or that deeper kind of spiritual part of you, is primarily interested in growth and evolution, really no matter what and at the expense of the ego oftentimes. 
Ideally, the ego is kind of the concrete channel for the way that our soul wants to express itself in the world. It's a good, it has good boundaries around like our identities, our skills, our strengths. It is the way that we can kind of express our unique wisdom in the world. But many times we, you know, cling to these identities or cling to these modes of expression um, and use them as sort of blocks and obstacles to the growth that our soul wants to undertake. And so this time of year is a really potent period of learning about what layers of our ego are ready to be shed, what in what ways does the soul want to grow, and how can we really facilitate that without fear, with less doubt in ourselves, um, really with faith and trust in our own life, death, and rebirth cycles. And you know, in Cedar Lodge, we focus on a different topic every month, and that's what the monthly course is all about. And this month, I chose to focus on self-doubt because I think it's such a primary source of energy drain and soul blockage, for better for a better word, um, or for lack of a better word. It's such an energy suck, really. So many people that I talk to who are interested in making meaningful change in their careers are stuck in these really gnarly patterns of self-doubt. And I'll talk about how that shows up in our careers in a second. But the Scorpio archetype and really the wisdom of this time of year is all about regeneration. You know, what needs to be cut off? What needs to go in order to make more room for the rebirth that's going to come at the end of winter and early spring, right? One of the symbols of Scorpio is the phoenix, which is a mythological creature that every 500 years or so would build its own funeral pyre and set itself on fire and die and then be reborn from those ashes. And so this is really deep work. I think the invitation of this time is is serious and big and we get to decide, you know, what how deep we want to go and what layers we want to be looking at. But wherever you are this time of year, I encourage you to really look at what needs to be out of your life or out of your being in order to make more space for the growth that your soul wants to move into. And I'll share some thoughts about how to do this as we go. One of those big areas where I think many of us can kind of set ourselves aflame and and surrender to death and rebirth is with regard to self-doubt. And when I'm talking about self-doubt, I'm really talking about self-abandonment, abandoning our needs, abandoning our desires, abandoning what we know to be true for ourselves in order to fit into or belong to a society that is very hierarchical and built on systems of, of domination and oppression. And Um, I don't mean to make this like a huge, (laughs) wasn't meant to be like a huge marketing thing for Cedar Lodge, but I did just write the first module in our course. And in it, I go into depth about the the roots of self-doubt as really being grounded in centuries of living in an agrarian society where which necessitated hierarchy, um, the consolidation of wealth, and the oppression of the masses. Um, And so 
I'm kind of placing self-doubt in a historical context and looking at it as something that not only that we learn as children, but really that we have carried with us through millennia, through our ancestry. So we were born into this system where we have to compare ourselves to one another to know where we fit into this system and what, you know, try and decipher what we're worthy of, how we're going to meet our needs, you know, how do we compare to this person in that in-group or this person, you know, who is my peer. Um, This is what we're born into, but it's also been, I think, severely amplified by social media over the last, you know, couple of decades. Um, Not only social media and the kind of social comparison that the it offers, but also a culture of convenience, um, which I'll talk about in a moment. But the history that we carry around this, plus social media, plus a culture of convenience, which breeds a lack of resilience, all of this sort of combines to, I think, amplify self-doubt to a level that is unprecedented and that is really crippling people in their lives and careers. Self-doubt in our career can take shape, you know, in in many, many ways, but I'll share some of the ways that I see it show up in myself and in the people that I work with and, and see if you recognize yourself in any of these ways or strategies. So when we're stuck in a loop of severe self-doubt or even, you know, whatever level of self-doubt, we can often, you know, comply with rules or dynamics or processes in the workplace that we know are harmful, but we don't feel empowered to change. We often get caught in, you know, what's called analysis paralysis, where we're faced with a decision and cannot come to a place of clarity and integrity. We might be stalling or resisting change that we know we need. We may be in a pattern of hopping from job to job, because things get difficult and we don't really believe that we can handle the challenge in front of us. We may get into patterns of hopelessness and sort of have a desire to kind of fade into the background of life because of that severe self-doubt that we're feeling. We may also do the opposite and create a huge ego and presence as a way to sort of feel safe and prevent really being seen or vulnerable from, from others. So this is big stuff. I think we all carry this. It is historical. It's ancestral. It also manifests differently for communities who have experienced generations and generations of abuse and oppression. And it serves the system that we are in. Um, You know, it serves the system if we're all in self-doubt, but this has been especially true for black and brown people and especially women to be caught up in loops of doubt and shame. And you can see that in your own life, wherever you fall kind of on the spectrum here of self-doubt, you know, what comes naturally when you are in these cycles of self-abandonment? You're probably frozen in inaction. You may have patterns of unconscious consumption, really looking for external ways to to scoop yourself up again and and not to feel abandoned. You may be in patterns of you know, hoarding information, hoarding things, patterns of competition, and again, trying to get your needs met from a place of of self-abandonment, right? Which, of course, we can't meet our needs through external sources when we're in these loops of self-doubt and abandonment. So this is huge stuff that can take a lifetime of looking at, but 
in the autumn season, we get to play with shedding the next layer of whatever it is and whatever that means to us. So I want to share some ways to do that that are informed by the plants and by the more than human animals that are around us. Okay, and sort of contrast our patterns of self-doubt and self-abandonment with the self-assuredness that we see all over the natural world. You can probably bring to mind any organism besides humans in the natural world and see this level of self-assuredness, right? If you think of like a female cougar who has you know, just given birth to some cubs, she probably doesn't, as far as I can tell, she does not question her right or the need to go hunt and kill the prey that she needs to eat to survive and to feed her babies, right? If you're out in the ocean and you see dolphins, you know, jumping above the water and twirling and spinning, there is no sense that they are holding back or um, not just allowing themselves to express the joy that is inherent within them. There's no questioning or reservations. If you look at the trees around you that are changing colors and dropping their leaves, there's no sense, as far as I can tell, that they should uh, become evergreens, that they should not drop their leaves, that um, you know they're not doing it right. <laughs> Um, and so once we start to sort of see the contrast around us in the natural world, the, this, I guess it feels just sort of sad or like the unnecessary nature of our self-doubt becomes so clear. And that concept of necessity kept coming up when I was thinking about this. Self-doubt sort of withers in the face of necessity, right? That female cougar will not survive if she is stuck in a loop of, you know, oh, I don't know how to hunt, or is this the right time? Is that the right animal <laughs> to be hunting? You know, if if that tree spent all of its time looped in fear about not dropping its leaves correctly, it would die, right? So when we are bumping up against the need to survive and the necessity of moving through the world, the self-doubt is just very obviously not a, a good evolutionary strategy. And this is easy to see when we think about like the necessity of survival in terms of our physical being. But I want to include the necessity that we have for joy, the, ne the necessity of our soul's growth, right? That is just as necessary for us as living beings, as it is for us to be fed and clothed and sheltered. And I know Maslow's hierarchy is valuable and and I see that um, but I don't think it needs to be this uh, sort of binary like physical needs and spiritual needs up against one another both are necessary in order to live a full meaningful life and self-doubt can really wither away when we take on you know the um, responsibility of of meeting our needs and surviving and kind of stepping into that more animalistic freer way of moving through the world. If you think of like those dolphins just jumping for joy and, and spinning and kind of swimming so freely and beautifully and powerfully, it's easy to see that we don't often move through life in that way, right? When was the last time you moved through their life, through your life with so much just unobstructed joy, self-assuredness, you know, the clarity of purpose that that cougar has or that tree has, 
it probably hasn't been since you were a young child and maybe not even then, right? Again, this goes back to centuries and centuries of learned coping mechanisms and and growing up and evolving in a society that had hierarchy and comparison and domination. So I wanna talk for a little bit about the trees and what they can teach us about how to stop wasting so much time in self-doubt and really create the space for a, a deeper level of wisdom to come through. The first stage here or area of consciousness is really just to accept the type of soul or type of tree that you are. So again, remembering that the maple tree cannot be a pine tree and the, you know, the cougar cannot be the dolphin and vice versa. And we have these incredible minds, right? These incredibly developed prefrontal cortexes, which are beautiful and allow us to do so many things, but they also allow us to trick ourselves into believing that we can be something other than we are, right? And I'm talking about us like at a deep level. We spend so much energy, so much time trying to improve ourselves, change ourselves, try to have different strengths than we were born with, right? So whatever you can do to feel that in your body, to really accept that you are who you are, you have one body in this lifetime, you are one soul that came into this earth with incredible gifts and insights, and it is time to stop wasting so much time on resisting that, really. It's just, you can just use this season and this time of year to kind of let those leaves fall to the ground. And it, it, it's a lifelong process, um, but I encourage you to bring some attention to that, especially this time of year before the winter comes. And if you're listening outside of fall, this is work that can be done anytime. The second area of consciousness that I want to talk about here is... Um, so one, accepting who you are completely and, and no longer resisting this incredible body and soul that you have. And two is to really face the necessity of your survival and your soul's needs. Again, self-doubt becomes much less powerful in the face of necessity, right? That cougar that has to survive does not have the time or energy to question her need to survive and, and to hunt and kill prey. But we forget that our deeper growth, our soul's growth is included in that. So not only do we need to survive and eat and be sheltered, we also need to find meaning and purpose in our lives and to express the incredible, unique gifts that we were born with. And I want to share a reading from a book called The Genius Myth by Michael Mead. And I find this to be just a really clear, potent, powerful reminder that our soul's growth is necessary and it's not frivolous and it's not a luxury item and it's not something that we can survive without, really. We can, we can survive physically, sure, but our lives will be empty without this um, deeper connection and expression um, within it. So here's what Michael Mead writes. As an old saying in the Gnostic Gospels proposes, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. 
Even if we have been abandoned repeatedly by others, the worst thing is to abandon the spirit within ourselves. Even when we feel most deserted in this world, there is something within us that cannot desert us. What waits to be found within each of us and be brought forth through us is the innate genius and guiding spirit that enters the world along with us at the moment of birth. On one level, we are each but a speck of life in an uncertain world. On another level, we are each a unique torchbearer, capable of bringing a bit of magic and the possibility of creation to a world in dire need of renewal. I think, you know, in 2020, it's very clear that the world is in dire need of renewal. And I want to support you in in stepping up to that and to releasing the next layer or process of self-doubt that that needs to go. I think we're really, we have been asked all year to really rise to the occasion here and accept that the winter season is ahead. You know, we cannot carry a heavier load than is necessary in order to survive and and get through this period. We really need to be um, wise and lean and discerning about how we spend our energy and the next layer of self-doubt can go. It can be carried away by the autumn winds. You know, the trees know that their leaves have to go and trees shed their leaves because the water in them will freeze over the winter if they don't. And if they keep their leaves, you know, through the winter season and the water freezes, all of the leaves will die and will not be able to absorb the sunlight when the spring comes. So they're the only chance they have for survival really is to shed these leaves, drop the dead weight, focus their resources on their core and their roots, and allow themselves the chance to grow new leaves that can photosynthesize and absorb sunlight come spring when the water inside of the leaves won't freeze. If they were clinging to those leaves, they would suffer in the process and probably not survive in the next growing cycle. And as far as we know, again, deciduous trees don't waste time wondering if they're really deciduous or resisting the fact that they have these leaves that need to be dropped, right? There is a clarity of purpose. It is necessary and they they rise to the occasion and they trust their instincts and evolve and get through it. And one thing that I think is really interesting is that this process is actually is a proactive process. You know, the leaves are not just being pulled away by gravity or by the winds. The trees actually release a hormone and release what are called abscission cells that are actually cutting the leaves off at the place where they connect with the tree. So it is a, it is a dualistic process. The, the tree itself is cutting them away and then the autumn winds come in and take them, right? It is a proactive and a reactive process. It is both. And we often think that change has to be really, you know, effortful and huge. Or sometimes we think that we just have to sit around and wait for the autumn winds to come and rip all of our leaves off, right? And of course, neither is totally true. We do our part. We commit to the growth that is in front of us. We excise the leaves that are no longer useful or that we can't carry through the winter season. And then the winds of change come in and take care of the rest. So what this looks like in terms of our career is one, again, accepting the type of soul that you are accepting and loving this body that you are in, this mind that you have, this spirit that is animating you, 
you know, not trying to be a different type of organism or tree that you are, which, and this is an ongoing process. And then too, again, facing the necessity of evolution, which I know is a lot right now. And I want to talk about this concept of convenience, right? Convenience is, um, tremendously prevalent and a a huge commodity in our culture, right? If you think of like Amazon Prime and two-day shipping, you know, how lovely and convenient and how could that be harmful on any level? (laughs) And of course, we're learning now that it has tremendous hidden costs. And, you know, do you really need that laundry detergent in two days? Um, You know, is it worth the abuse of workers and the climate in order to get it? And I, you know, I don't, this isn't, just to shit on Amazon, like there's, this is everywhere in our culture, this pre- preference for convenience. And I feel this in myself. I love convenience. It's wonderful. Um, and yet it breeds a lack of resilience. And we have many opportunities in this life and in this culture to stay comfortable. But that is in part what feeds these cycles of self-doubt because we don't see ourselves being resilient. We don't see ourselves moving through challenging things or um, pushing back against these cycles or, you know, patterns of comfort and convenience. Um, I think maybe this is changing in 2020 as so many of us have been forced to face difficult things, have been forced to face the fear of the pandemic and making difficult choices. I think there is still a lot of work to do here. Um, And I want to share a quick anecdote from my life in case it helps to shed some light on and how um, amazing it can be to do things that are uncomfortable and what it can teach us. And uh, I don't want to—I um, uh, don't want to promote any like judgment or shame by sharing this story. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about my decision to have natural childbirth for each of my two kids, and. Um, I want to say this with a huge caveat that uh, it is completely wonderful and uh, valid if you choose not to have children, if um, your experience is that it's been very difficult to conceive and have children, if you chose to, you know, get an epidural during your birth, like all of this is just wonderful and there is space for it. And my sharing my story does not mean that yours is less important or less beautiful. Um, pregnancy is already incredibly uncomfortable. If you have ever, um, big, been pregnant, um, it's uncomfortable on basically every level. But I knew that when I got pregnant with my first child, my daughter, I knew that there was some sort of wisdom. I knew I had to cross the threshold of birth, um, without any medical or, or chemical help. It felt really important to me and I didn't really know why, but I felt like I just had to, do birth without an epidural or or pain medication. Um, And I'm not the type of person to like choose discomfort, especially at that level usually, but something about this just felt like it, it was kind of that sense of like my soul just needed me to experience this. And it was, of course, like the most discomfort I've ever experienced in my life. Um, it's not, inevitable. And it's, um, there are many, many stories of birth being, um, a pleasurable experience in some ways. Um, but for me, and I think most women, it's, um, incredibly uncomfortable and it was the most powerful I have ever felt in my life. I felt so close to that wild animal, soulful nature 
um, as I've ever felt. And I wouldn't have tapped into that without um, facing the incredible discomfort of doing childbirth unassisted. Um, and we need these types of experiences. It doesn't have to be natural childbirth, but we, as humans, we need these times where things feel deeply uncomfortable, where things feel um, scary or like a challenge or we can't do it. Uh, our culture is so set up to allow us or invite us to avoid these things almost 100% of the time, right? There's a lot of people who believe that like, why, you know, why would you choose not to get an epidural if the technology is there and people believe it's safe and like, like why put yourself through that discomfort? And I understand that, but there is something on the other side of that. And even within that, that is more important to me than the lack of pain. And I think that is true for us as humans. And even though we can avoid these things most of the time, even though many of us can still pretend like COVID-19 isn't here, or many of us who, especially who are white, can pretend like we aren't in need of or in the midst of serious social upheaval. We can shut off and ignore those things, um, but we do so at our peril, and it makes us less resilient because it ingrains these stories that we can't do things that are difficult. Um, we won't know what to do. We can't rise to the challenge. It ingrains self-doubt even further. So I just want to really encourage you to embrace discomfort this time of year um, and throughout your career, you know, really acting first, even though the brain is going to go nuts or, you know, not want you to do it, really acting in the way or in the vein that is uncomfortable to you um, and trusting that the wind, the autumn winds are going to take care of the rest. So choosing certain types of discomfort can really open up more space for your soul's invigoration to come through. And I'm not just talking about like all discomfort, you know, or, or putting yourself in harm's way at all. But these are things like, you know, naming what it is that you really want next in your career, even if it seems impossible. Um, taking up more space in meetings, taking on a big project, asking for a big project, um, inviting more clients in, asking for a networking date with someone that feels really, you know, intimidating, uh, leaving a job without another one lined up because you know that that is exactly what your soul is asking you to jump into right now, staying in something even though you don't believe that you can really handle it. Maybe it's letting go of social media, letting go of television, you know what your edge is. If you just sit with it for a second, you know, we know all of us where our soul is kind of asking us to grow. And we know it because it's incredibly uncomfortable and usually something that we're trying to avoid. <laughs> um, so I really just want to encourage you again to um, imbibe yourself uh, or imbibe in the trees wisdom right now, really facing the discomfort, facing the fact that we are, um, at the precipice of the winter season, excising your leaves that need to go, really pushing out or interrupting the loops of self-doubt and letting the winds of change kind of take care of the rest. One of the really easy ways that you can do this at any time is just to observe the plants and the animals around you. You know, do they stay in loops of self-doubt? Probably not. If you look for a minute or just sit and watch 
you'll see how they face the challenges around them. They face the necessity of survival and growth by being themselves to the fullest extent possible, doing what they have to do in order to survive. And again, for us, surviving does include honoring the deeper nature within us and tapping into the mystery that is at the foundation and is, you know, in our ether as humans. So the plants and animals are there to remind us how to interrupt loops of self-doubt, how to spend less time in these patterns of self-abandonment and how to really get on with the beauty and mystery of being alive and of bringing our souls gifts through into our careers. So that is what I want to share with you today. And I hope this felt helpful and encouraging. Um, Again, Cedar Lodge and nature-based coaching are resources for you if you need them. Um, I hope you are just so well and that you really enjoy the wisdom and mystery of this deep autumn season. Uh, And I'm aiming to be back with you in two weeks. I know um, the schedule for the podcast has been a little bit wonky, but I feel confident that I will uh, be back with you soon. And of course, reach out anytime with questions, comments, uh, your subscriptions and ratings and sharing with friends or coworkers is always so appreciated. It helps the work to continue and get out in the world. So thank you, friends. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.